On today's podcast, we're going to talk lots of things NFL draft, such as did the Browns screw up the process? Then we're going to get hit a little MLB notes, talk a little NBA playoffs, and I'm going to tell you why I love the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, co-host Lucas Jones. Lucas, what's up, man? Hey, I'm second podcast in the week. I like it. Hey, this is where we're getting back to, folks. Uh, I bought a new uh, computer charger, so we're back on my laptop today. So uh, it's back to full speed ahead, Luke. Nice. Did you go to Best Buy or what? Uh, I am... uh, I am an Amazon guy, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no, don't blame you there. It's just too easy, man. You get on, I mean, look, this is not sports related, but Amazon is just too easy, man. You get on there, you Google or, you know, you search what you're looking for. It comes right up. My wife has the Prime membership, so boom, two days later, it's on my front door. Free shipping. It's pretty tough to beat. Cheaper. Oh, yeah, it's almost always cheaper, but... No, it's kind of one of the nice things of technology. But uh, Lucas, let's uh, let's get going on the NFL draft last night. So Baker Mayfield went number one. Now, granted, we're a Baker Mayfield podcast. We've said this before. I had a standing bet with a guy from work for like 13 months now that Sam Darno would be the number one pick, and so the Browns kind of screwed me on that one. I lost that Ouch. bet. Ekman, if you're listening, I'm taking you to lunch next week because, uh, well, the Browns kind of screwed me. Yes, they did. So, Lucas, my other thought on the whole Baker Mayfield to the Browns thing is, if you remember right, it was in Ohio, at Ohio State, where he planted the OU flag. Do you think that uh, Browns fans are going to hold a little bit of resentment towards Baker, or do you think that they just really want a franchise quarterback? No, they just want a franchise quarterback. I don't think the I mean, a lot of people are bashing the Browns, and I don't. Whatever Baker Mayfield is not Johnny Manziel. No, he's not. I mean, I mean Baker Mayfield. Look, Johnny Manziel, for my money, was a better college quarterback, but Baker Mayfield's more suited for the NFL. No, I completely agree. I, and if you're not sold on, there's question marks on all the other quarterbacks in this draft class take the guy that you know take baker i think he's got more potential or i think he may allen and rosen and darno all have potential mayfield may be the most ready though like brown fancy to win like he may step in in week seven for k-rod tyrod and play yeah i don't hate it the one thing that Browns did, I probably would have went Bradley Chubb and paired him with Miles Garrett, but with their defensive scheme, Greg Williams is their defensive coordinator. I was reading today that Denzel Ward actually fits his scheme better, that he only really needs one stud defensive end to carry the pass rush yeah. that he kind of employs. So, you know, you have to understand the schematics that are at play for teams. A lot of times they're drafting the best player available. That fits their scheme. So I wasn't super down on the Browns. Some people were. Some people thought they missed on both picks. I don't know. We'll just wait and see. John Dorsey, you know, he's got experience, so I just think. 
Yeah, the only thing I will say, I mean, I'm all for if you think that's the best guy for your team, pick him. But if I were John Dorsey, I may have tried to play a little mind game with the Jets and try to get them to trade up to one. Maybe they wouldn't have, you know. I mean, but even if you if you take if you go down to three, they take Darno at one. Say you even get a fifth round pick out of the swap. You're still adding a fifth round pick, adding a guy who can contribute to your football team. And they could have really done the same thing at four if they knew they wanted Ward. Tried to look to Buffalo or one of those teams that were really looking to get a quarterback. And I mean, you so. I, I think that's the only thing I'll say about the Browns draft is I think they could have parlayed that and added a fourth or a fifth. But if they're the guys that yeah, see, I don't think the Bills see the Bills really could have done that just for the fact that they had a trade worked out with Denver and like Cleveland didn't want to trade the four because they I they already had a quarterback, so everyone just assumed that whatever quarterback the Bills wanted would be there at four or at five. And then Denver decided, well, no, we want Bradley Chubb. So at that point, it's too late to trade. But I know what you're saying. They could, but the Browns already have. Here's here's the kicker, Devin, and it's amazing. The Browns have like four or five picks tonight. Yeah, they got two of the next four picks. Like there's some really good players left on the board for them. Like they didn't get the running back. I think it was smart on them to get a defensive player they liked and Pat and. Well, obviously they didn't have a chance to get Barkley unless he went one. But I think passing on any other running back at four was smart for them. Absolutely. Because now they can get they can get Geis or Nick Chubb, and they're going to be able to get Will Hernandez, who's probably so a lot of people had him as a you know back end first rounder for offensive linemen. So I think in the uh, is it the Colts that's got two of the next five picks too? I believe so. They're going to be able to get them a running back if they want or some defensive help. I mean, they did the smart thing to try to protect Andrew Luck. Yeah, and you need to do that because Luck already has you enough body issues. That. Yeah. <laughs> or if you, or if Ryan Grigson was still there, I'm sure he would have found an undersized wide receiver to take with that pick and just <laughs> – Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, so the – Starting off tonight, the Browns pick, the Giants pick, then it's the Browns, Colts, Colts. So the Colts still have two picks there. Uh, I'm looking, and it's going to be another slow night for Chiefs fans. They do have pretty close picks at 78 and 86. But the Chiefs, man, there's some some holes to fill after, you know, trading Peters, regardless of all the -the off-the-field stuff, which is why I'm sure he got traded. He was still an all-pro cornerback, and there wasn't a whole lot of talent on the other side of, you know, the Chiefs kind of just shuffle through guys and do what they can at corner. But I don't know. They have a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, it's going to be tough on this draft. The Chiefs are kind of one of them teams that's right there in the middle. They're set on offense, really. Oh, yeah. Um, Anytime you upgrade an offensive lineman, you do that. But really, this draft is going to be about – trying to find a sleeper defensive guys to help fill out that defensive side of the ball because I think they're feeling pretty good about their offense this season. Um, but Chiefs fans, it's not going to be a sexy draft, but that don't mean it won't be a good draft. Yeah, no, I I completely I mean, agree. Nobody ever calls the Patriots and the Steelers draft sexy, but they're in the playoffs every year. 
Yeah. So, and I mean, don't get caught up about, I mean, look how many guys, you know, the Browns are still probably going to win like six games next year and everyone's going to, oh, hey, they got 12 players. Yeah. Well, whatever. Some of these guys always pick in the top 10, get good players, and their team still sucks, so. You're exactly right. But, hey, I like what the Patriots did last night, getting a pair of Georgia Bulldogs late in the first round uh, when they obviously have holes on the offensive line. And I think Sonny Michelle is a, is a great running back, pretty versatile. He's not going to be anything to uh, really grasp at in fantasy, as we all know. Bill Belichick likes to use five running backs and for specific situations, so I wouldn't touch him in fantasy. I, How, how do you feel on no, that? No, I'd wait for that to shake out wait for Josh McDaniels to completely take over and see what happens fantasy-wise. Medlock was texting me today about I got the number three pick in our dynasty draft. I was thinking Michelle there, and I'm really not. I said, the guy I'm drafting has not been taken yet. Um, yeah. I think he likes Michelle's fit there, likes the talent. I like the talent, but I think he's trying to talk me into taking him, and I ain't falling for that. Yeah, my team of scrubs in our uh... – dynasty draft or in our dynasty league really took me a hell of a lot farther than I ever expected him to so I don't have a great first round pick this year I think that uh I just want to say one hot take from this draft like I think Lamar Jackson might be the best quarterback in this draft when 10 years from now I think he may just have a better career than some of these other guys and I could be completely wrong but I think he's got the – well, from what I've seen or heard, he's got the arm and the legs to do it. He's got a good offensive coordinator to help bring him along. Um, I don't think there's a superstar in this draft, but I think he could be okay. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I tweeted out on the, the Fumbling Punter uh, Twitter last night that I don't – I'm not completely sold on Lamar Jackson, and I watched quite a bit of Louisville games the last two years, and it just and I'm with you on the other guys. I don't, but I don't think that Lamar Jackson. I will. We'll see, and hopefully, you know, they have Joe Flacco still, and they're gonna keep Joe Flacco for a year for money purposes, and so he'll have time to develop. And I think that that's probably something that. Like, I think Darno's going to get thrown into the fire, and he is just going to be in a bad situation. So, unless his talent prevails. Yeah. They got Josh McCown, dude. Yeah, but it's New He's York. They're going to be – it's New York. Yeah, they're going to start true. screaming about, you know, we want the number three overall pick. So, I think there's a chance he gets thrown into a fire. I think with Baker Mayfield, we're going to find out in a hurry whether or not he's good to go or not. Uh, it's Cleveland. They need a – quarterback I think Tyrod's going to get to start the season but I think that Baker I don't think Baker is one of those guys that like Josh Allen that needs a lot of seasoning I think that Baker is as good as Baker is going to get would you agree with that I mean I think that he yeah I don't think he needs the seasoning obviously every quarterback that goes in the league needs fine-tuned and learning the playbook is probably the most difficult thing for quarterbacks I mean look at Jared Goff they dumbed down the the playbook for him. They dumbed down the playbook for Dak Prescott. That's just what, because it's hard for these guys to learn um, yeah. on the fly. So it depends how Hugh Jackson, you know, how he wants Mayfield to progress. Is he going to get, is he, does he got a high, uh, 
you know, what am I trying to say here? The ceiling is Josh Allen yeah. to improve. No, Josh Allen probably has the highest ceiling to improve to if he can because he's got the strongest arm. Mayfield probably has the least amount to improve on. He just has to fine-tune himself. And, you know, we'll, we'll find out. If Mayfield doesn't throw a bunch of picks, he could be great for the Browns because we already know that Josh Gordon can catch a ball from anybody. Yeah, absolutely, Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon can change a game by himself. We've seen him do it like four years ago when he, you know, had like 800 receiving yards in a four-game span. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, man. He, it, Josh Gordon's great. We've both been on the Josh so Gordon train for a long get, time. If they get guys or Nick Chubb, I really think that I really think that that offense can click with Tyrod or Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and they have Carlos Hyde, who's a serviceable at least running back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've never been a Carlos Hyde fan, so yeah, I fully expect if they get a top-notch running back, I fully expect that guy to beat him out. Hopefully, Hugh Jackson don't do like the Bengals and like, oh, we're just going to play all our running backs, even though Joe Mixon was clearly better than Jeremy Hill. Yeah. And Jeremy Hill, now Patriot. <laughs> yes, I suspect he may be on the bubble, though, come this summer. I see Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill is going to have, like, 15 rushing touchdowns this year. He might have, like, 400 yards. But he's a big back. Belichick loves, you know, it's like LeGarrette Blunt two, three years ago. Yeah, but he's a Mike Gillisley 2.0. Yeah, that's he's, true. Bill might not keep both. I don't know. They got, like... They like Rex Burkhead because he's short and white in a running back. <laughs> they like that's... James White because he's short, quick, and his last name's White. <laughs> and I mean, they that... got Mike Gillisley already. I don't know. They're, I just think I think Jeremy Hill's the most likely one to get cut. But maybe oh. I'm wrong. No, absolutely. You know, we haven't seen enough from Jeremy Hill and his time in Cincinnati, or I haven't to truly believe in him I think that LeGarrette Blunt came in you know kind of without a lot of fanfare but LeGarrette Blunt has had talent when he was at Oregon all of his stops in the NFL and I don't think that Jeremy Hill is quite like that and so I'm with you and uh, I think that Darius Geist to Cleveland speaking of what we were talking about before that could be a nasty mix there with uh Look at their offense. Could the Browns make the playoffs? No, not this year. I mean, crazier things have happened. It has happened, but I just – I don't think they can do it this year, but I think they're definitely on the right path. No, I, I agree. I agree. We'll have to see how those two, you know, their one and four picks turn out. And they still have more picks tonight, like you said, so they really have an opportunity to make that team a lot better. Uh, oh, yeah. in, any more draft notes before we move on from the NFL? Uh, it was nice to see Ryan Shazier walk last night. Absolutely. What they a- said he wants to play again. Uh, you know, I'm not a doctor. It doesn't look promising at this point, but maybe. But the most important thing is that he's walking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, on to a little NBA notes. Uh, so we haven't really had a chance. We've been – focusing a lot of our attention on baseball so far this year. And 
One NBA note that kind of just really stuck out to me was, did you see how New Orleans just completely handled Portland in the first round? Uh, very impressive. I really didn't watch any of it. But it was I a complete sweep. Keep up with, like, I heard that uh, Rajon Rondo was back. Rajon Rondo is back, and I'm excited <laughs> about that. Old Celtic guy. So, Rondo and AD, I guess, doing some work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I listen. I don't think that they have a prayer to beat the uh, beat the Warriors in this round. But how how great would that be for basketball? If or for at least me, I know that Adam Silver would probably have an aneurysm if the Warriors went down and if LeBron didn't make it to the finals. But it could happen this year. I mean, the Rockets look really good. Uh, the Quinn Snyder-led Utah Jazz look really good. They're playing game six against uh, Oklahoma City tonight. And let me make a bold prediction. We're not going to talk a lot of basketball, but here's my bold prediction hot take of the playoffs, Lucas. I think the 76ers are going to the NBA Finals. Well, I certainly have questions about the Cavaliers. Um although LeBron came out and just showed us why he's the greatest of all time. Um, but you can only do so much. Basketball's a team sport. I know I know these old Michael fans, they sure do like to say count the rings, but Michael always had a sidekick or two to help him. Oh, uh, yeah. But nobody else on this Cavs team anywhere near the caliber, Dennis Rodman or Scottie Pippen for that matter who was, you know, at one point was one of the 50 greatest players of all time. Yeah. Probably not anymore, but he was, you know, back in – I had this book made in, like, 1999 called The 50 Greatest Players of All Time. So that's almost 20 years ago. Yeah, and, you know, there's been a few greats since then, but Scottie Pippen's still on the verge. I mean, I would almost – Oh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, Scottie Pippen was, you know, a very, very, you know, top ten player in the league when he was in the league, so – I would almost equate it to okay, – uh, here we go on the little LeBron talk. I would almost equate it to if LeBron got to play his entire career with Dwayne Wade. How much yeah. How much different would, you know, the first yeah. eight years of people LeBron James' that, career have been? People think that when LeBron, quote, unquote, sold out and went to Miami, like Dwayne Wade was the second best player on that team and – that wasn't even peak Dwayne Wade. Like he had a few of them, two of them, four years were complete waste because he just was kind of banged up. Some didn't play at his career level. Chris Bosh nowhere near the level Scottie Pippen was. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, but it was a, the best teams that LeBron had played on up until maybe this time when they beat the Warriors when he had. But that was mostly you know Kevin Love was pretty good, but Kyrie was just playing out of his mind in them games. Um, I just don't get how anyone could say LeBron. I mean, this is his 14th or 15th season, and he's had more triple-doubles this season than ever before. Like, yeah. he's on his show every night. He played all 82 games this year. Wow. LeBron's the GOAT, and he can play all positions. Oh, he's yeah. Anyone else says. These old people, they just don't get it. They don't, but I uh... – I think, you know, you were talking about Kyrie. I think that going forward, that unless LeBron finds a team in the East or the Cavs rebuild, you know, we've talked, and I truly think he's going to the Rockets. But unless 
something crazy happens with LeBron and where he chooses to go next or if someone decides to come to Cleveland to team up with him, I think that once they get Gordon Hayward healthy and Kyrie Irving healthy, the Celtics are going to run the East for the next couple of years. I mean, that's true because Gordon Hayward's good and Uncle Drew's good, and then they have some of the other guys. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Do they still got Al Horford? Yep. I mean, he's kind of on the back end, but, you know, he's solid. Uh, yeah, they probably are, but if LeBron goes to the Sixers, I like the Sixers' chances. Yeah, yeah, no, if he goes to Philadelphia, that will completely change it. I think it's Sixers it. or Rockets. I think it's Sixers or Rockets. I really do. Yeah, and I don't know why he wouldn't go to either team. I mean, oh, in Philadelphia, that would just be sick. You know, 6'10 point guard, Ben Simmons. They'll have, still have J.J. Redick probably, uh, Joel Embiid. That would be LeBron's probably most talented team he's ever played on. And I think you could say the same in Houston, depending on who they would have to give up to get him. But James Harden has just been an animal since he got traded. And I harp on this all the time. But in in hindsight's twenty twenty, how terrible was that decision by the Oklahoma City Thunder ownership group to trade James Harden when they did six years ago? I mean, that was some terrible foresight. Yeah, I that that you changed the face of the league when you traded James Harden. Three of the top six players in the league were on the or would now be on the Oklahoma City Thunder. They would have two, three rings already? I don't know. I just think that, man, I'm a fan. I went to Oklahoma City to a game this year, and that just makes me want to vomit a little bit that they traded James Harden when they did. But, Lucas, anything more on the playoffs before we hit a little baseball? Nope. All right. Lucas, how are you feeling about your Cubs? I saw that, you know, Hendricks got the win in a quick game. Commissioner Manfred's happy. Uh, you sent me the, <laughs> the four balls that were called on. Who was that? Uh, you're going to have to fill me in a little on this. The terrible pit, the terrible calls by the umpire. Well, I don't know who the umpire was, but, uh, I mean, you've seen the picture. There was like three balls right down the middle that they called a ball. Yeah. Right down the middle of the zone. And I know some of these zone trackers, K trackers, K zone type things aren't the most accurate, but these pitches were down the middle where even if you shifted the zone up and down or over two or three inches, it's still a strike. Uh, and that happened, and then that walk ended up being the tying run to the game. I mean, the Cubs ended up winning, but I mean, that's just something that I've noticed in several games. There's umpires just missing just obvious ball strike calls and baseball's got to do something about it. That's terrible. You can't have that. Not when you got two good teams playing each other with, you know, honestly, it's April, but playoff implications on the line. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that last year. We talked about that this year. April games matter. I mean, if you don't, you know, you get down to the end of the season and you're a couple of games back, you finish a couple of games out of the playoffs like the Cardinals have the last two years, look at April. So, yeah, you you have to do better, especially when the technology is available that – It'll probably be one of those, there's some crazy, egregious umpiring in the World Series or deep in the playoffs, and it becomes a big story, and then baseball is forced to switch it up. 
you know, kind of like with instant replay. That's what happened with the Yankees. I don't remember the year, but you remember the Joe Girardi press conference? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, really we uh, we should have some good baseball this weekend. I do have to talk. The uh, Cardinals got a good series win against the Mets. Uh, they won that in 13 yesterday. I've been listening to more games on the radio. It's uh, been pretty enjoyable, but uh, I don't know. It's a good win. They beat – you know, they didn't beat Syndergaard, but Syndergaard was on the mound and they got a win, so that's got to feel good as a Cardinals fan. Uh, Lucas, what do you got for this weekend for the Cubbies? Uh, well, they're still – they got two more games with the Brewers, so they can't lose the series at this point. Now they can only – win or split which a split anytime you split with a division rival in a four game series is okay but you sure would like to at least get that third or fourth win against them especially you know the cubs are a game and a half out now depending on what happens in the cardinals game tonight uh next weekend they start the cubs cardinals series so that'll be a good one that'll be a good one there could be first place on the line there um you know just Every time the Cardinals lose, the sky is falling, and every time they win, the World Series is bound. Like, <laughs> I tweeted the other night. I mean, guys were just really upset. It's like, statistically, the Cardinals are going to lose like 60 more times this year, maybe 70. Yeah. Like, you're not going to make it through the season if you freak out every time. Yeah, it's way too long of a season to freak out after They're every They're a much better team loss. than last year. They're likely to make the playoffs. I still don't think they're better than the Cubs. I really don't. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think that uh, even more so than anything right now, it probably comes down to rotation for me. Uh, I think the Cubs' rotation is just is going to be solid. You know, we've talked well, before. pitching a lot better. They've gotten good games out of John Lester, even though he gave up three runs the other night. They were all solo shots. They killed him. But it was only three runs, and he pitched seven innings, so you'll take that. Hal Hendricks went seven. You went six today. He got through a tough fifth inning, which has been his bugaboo this year, um, kind of when some adversity faced him. So we got through it today and then hit a hit a double. So I feel like maybe he's turning the corner. I feel like they're playing better as the weather gets better. I really kind of thought the weather really bogged them down some. Uh, it, Rizzo's not hitting worth a lick, and Chris Bryant's been out. In fact, i just seen a beat writer say that uh, – and in 23 games, Chris and Anthony have only played together 11 times this year so far. And these are guys that both played 150 games last year. Wow. Or close, 140 probably. Um, but, you know, so that that takes a toll. And, of course, you got the B-Fibs like, oh, this team's always got excuses. Well, it wasn't the team that made the excuse. It was a beat writer pointing out a fact. But this is coming from a guy that bitches about Matheny all the time or Paul DeJong's strikeouts which, mind you, Paul DeYoung has the highest war on the Cardinals right now, wow. by the way, even higher than Tommy Pham, um, which is kind of weird, but makes me question that stat a little bit. But Yeah, so quick, to- quick Tommy Pham thought. It was pretty well noted, well documented, that there were some contract issues, you know, Tommy Pham felt slighted that they gave Paul DeYoung the extension and they hadn't even brought anything to him. Give Tommy Pham a little something. Let him wet his beak. I well, mean, Tommy Pham's not going to get a six-year deal at his age 30 season. 
uh, you know, give him a four-year, twenty million. You know, something. Just give him something. The guy plays the the game the right way. I enjoy Tommy Pham. Yeah, well, by the time his arbitration years are over, which he could make a killing in arbitration, first year arbitration, he could probably get about ten million dollars, twelve, thirteen the next, maybe sixteen his last year of arbitration. But he's still that. I don't think his first arbitration year is going to be till twenty twenty. So, or after the 2019 season anyways. Yeah. And it's like, well, that, there goes, you know, he might, his earning potential is cut way down because of his age and how long it took him to break out. And, I mean, they're paying him league minimum right now. Like, they didn't even give him a bump up after what he did. And I think he's pissed off about that. Of course, you don't have much of a choice because that's how it is in baseball. Like, I mean, it. It took him till he was 29 to break out, so he misses out on a lot of the – and I know he's had eye issues and stuff, but it just really, you know, the Cardinals could make it right if they wanted to, but when you have a guy that Tommy Pham's playing like a $25 million a year player, you're just not going to willingly give him 25 when you don't have to pay him more than 600000 yeah, and I'm with you. You but can't give him twenty five million. Yeah, bump him up. Do something. I mean, Show some Chris, gratitude. I mean, the, the Cubs bumped Chris up from six hundred thousand to a million last season just to as a show of good faith and he fucking earned it. Yes. You know, but <laughs> Yeah, he definitely did. And I think Tommy Pham has earned you know, earned a little bump. You know, give him <laughs> yeah. something. I mean he's worth more than six hundred thousand, that's for sure. Absolutely he is. Will, Lucas, any more notes uh, before we hop off here? Uh, I did see that the Devil Rays have won like six or seven games in a row, which is kind of surprising. Hey, but watch out for the Rays. Yeah, I don't really have nothing to say about it other than that it's kind of surprising. Yeah, well, go Rays. Good for them. Uh, that's all I got. I'm going to try to get this podcast up today uh, on Friday, but my internet does not always cooperate. So worst case scenario, I'll have this online Saturday morning. So whenever you're listening, have a good weekend. Hope the weather's nice where you are. Lucas, thanks so much. No problem. All right. For Devin, for Lucas Jones, I'm Devin Keeney. Have a good weekend, everybody.